0: Episode of What's the Point? Uh, I'm Nathan Birch. I'm here with my good friend Patrick Kinoy. How are you today, Patrick? I'm fine, Nathan, and yourself. I am fantastic. We, I am super excited for this episode. We have two amazing uh, educators with us uh, Brian Meckel and Dana Scrawbox. Um, they are both first year principals, well, uh, coming off of their first year of being in administration, moving into their second year. Um, and they're here with just some amazing insights and advice for all those in that same position.
1: Right. I, uh, I agree that they're going to be fantastic guests. I look forward to hearing what they have to say. Dana will be coming to us finishing her first year as an assistant principal. Brian finishing his first year as a principal. And I look forward to learning about how their year went, what are some things that they um, went through, how they overcome them, overcame them. Nathan, when you think about it, um, anything stand out from your first year as a principal?
0: Um, I think just the overall acknowledgement of I had no idea what I was going to be doing. And just that um, the the, the not knowing what to expect, but the excitement of finally getting the opportunity to be the administrator that I wanted to, I always thought I wanted to be.
1: And do you think that you lived up to your you, hopes or what? you know
0: dr Kino. it's a journey with no destination it is a continuing evolving path so uh we will see you Time know will tell.
1: one of the things that i always think about as a principal particularly if i'm talking to newer people that are going into administration i remember the first year just seemed to be that everything Was so fast I remember um, Reflecting on I forget who the NFL That's the National Football League uh, Quarterback Mm -hmm. was And I remember this individual Stated that For the first year It just seemed like Players were flying by him Everything was a blur And then that Starting that second year um, The players were still moving At the same speed But it wasn't a blur you know, things were slowing down. And so I look forward to finding out from Dana and our other guest, Brian, you know, if they had similar
0: and I, think, I think what we'll, we'll hear as they talk through that is to stick with your NFL analogy is when you're that first year quarterback, you simplify the things that you focus on and focus on the key things first. And work on those only. So we are excited for this episode. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of What's the Point? Welcome to another episode of What's the Point? I am Nathan Birch. And I am
1: Patrick Kinoy. Welcome, everyone, to our second episode. Thanks for subscribing to our podcast. Today, we're going to have even more subscribers because we have two amazing guests with us today. Our first guest is Dana Scrawbox from Oakville High School, an assistant principal, and then we have Brian Meckel, principal. Primes with freckle. Correct. Yes. It does. Yes. <laughs> Brian Meckel, who is a principal in the Lindbergh School District, and they will be able to talk in a few moments a little bit more about themselves as we focus today on principals that have just finished their first year as an administrator and are ready to enter into their second year. So
0: everyone ready? Yes. Excellent. Ready or not. So, uh, I don't know, Patrick, do you remember your first year as a principal? Actually,
1: I I do remember my very first year as a principal. I was at Washington Middle School as an assistant and um, – Interestingly enough, the very first day of school, the, the principal got sick and, <laughs> and had, to, had to leave. Awesome. So the very first uh, week of school, I was the only one there as an administrator. And wow. mind you, I had just come out of the classroom teaching. And so it was um, at the time I was highly stressed. But actually, looking back, it was just great because I had to make decisions. And I just had to get involved right away. And sadly, I think there was a fight the second day of school that I had to, of course, deal with. So I remember it quite well, quite well. How about you, sir? Uh,
0: No, I blocked that out. (laughs) I blocked out the first year. So um, if you guys wanted to start maybe just telling us a little bit about just a short, what your experience has been and then what your first year being uh, in the administrative role in your buildings was and any lessons maybe you learned from that.
2: Okay, so like start before uh, admin for me. Yeah, like what led you to there
0: and then like what was your first year like?
2: So um, I taught for 13 years before uh, becoming an administrator. Uh, My first three years were in Cape Girardeau at the Alternative Education Center in the Cape Public School District. That was an incredible experience with students that – the traditional classroom um, and school setting wasn't working for them. Um, and so that really changed my focus in education and what I loved and was most passionate about. Um, and then I went to Hancock Place High School um, and I taught their uh, social studies for 10 years. Um, and I moved, eventually I moved into department chair, um, but working around such incredible educators, um, through my career, I think is what catapulted me into administration to be able to support the incredible work that they do. Like I, I thought I was pretty good in the classroom, but seeing everybody else and being so inspired by them and the work that they do, um, being able to empower them and support them helped me realize I could extend my reach to helping students be successful by doing all that I can to help my teachers be successful and create systems that um, let them be their amazing selves and do the best they can for kids.
0: You, you said something that made me. I say it all the time. I thought I was a really good teacher until yes. I became an administrator <laughs> and I saw really good teachers and I was like, holy cow! Like there's just some amazing things they're doing. So I, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Brian, what about you? Okay,
3: so I uh, I was a teacher in the Webster Groves School District for ten years. I taught fifth and third um, grade, and I think in that role, same as as Dana said, like thought I was killing it in certain avenues and certain. (laughs) And I think building relationships, uh, engagement, things like that. But um, those nuances, getting to see so many professionals in the classroom once you're an administrator with the as you're supervising and making observations. Definitely had a ton of room for growth, you know, that untapped potential. We're still chasing it. Uh, But some of those leadership roles uh, that my my building principal gave me um, turned into, you know, planning events around the building, professional learning opportunities for staff, uh, getting to go to different conferences, uh, eventually becoming like a district level trainer for certain things. Um, Was able to, I went to, I was in Parkway for seven years as as an assistant. Um, I had three of those years I like to block out because one of the hosts... (laughs) Of this podcast was my boss, but a great boss. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I, you heard me say it on air, uh, Nathan Birch. He, 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 was a good, he was a good boss. Wow. Um, there it is. But uh, he actually, uh, you know, w- when you're trying to, to change channels too, it can be challenging, right? Because you, you, you learn to hear and accept the word no or not now or not the right hmm. fit. But I think you have to, uh, if you're aspiring to make that channel change, like that's not a bad thing, right? So you have to reflect and, and see that as an opportunity. Uh, and understand that when, when people say you're not the right fit, that that's okay. They could actually be saving you from an uncomfortable, you know, new position. Uh, but, uh, in those seven years, you know, as a young, as an AP learning, uh, making that jump, it, it, it was, uh, it's the principle. It, it was a lot of it was, I think I was prepared for And some of it, you just don't know what you're getting into yet. Cause you've not had those responsibilities yet. Um, but uh, definitely finishing my first year as, as a principal at a great school and a great district, you know, the support that I have and, and wonderful teachers and community and students, uh, it's definitely, uh, I, I see the reasons for me to continue to, to go up. I, I guess I haven't touched on that yet is building relationships with kids. Um, you know, I, I think I have a, spa, a space in my heart for those kids who maybe don't feel like they, they're plugged in or they're not the, the highest achiever uh, or, or they just have things in their life that make it a little bit more difficult. So you know, being patient, showing grace, trying to help them learn through mistakes that they make. Uh, I think I have a knack for that.
0: Mm -hmm. So did you guys have going into your first years? Did you have some goals or things that you wanted to say, you know what, at the end of this year, if I'm able to do this, then it's been a successful year, uh, year one. Was there anything you guys went into those that first year considering,
2: um, build relationships centered around trust and respect, mutual respect, dignity. Um, and just keeping up (laughs) so yeah it was
0: so how do you do that how do you build relationships when you have the job right there's the stuff that goes into it so how do you make sure that you're building those relationships that first year how do you prioritize that
2: um put yourself out there um ask lots of questions listen um follow up when I, i think about building relationships with staff um they seemed almost surprised sometimes when they'd come to me with an issue and then I'd come right back with an answer and just that I took the time to to follow through with whatever it is that they needed and a lot of times it was something small but um, the appreciation of the follow-through with conversations and checking in Um, and then with with the students taking I mean I have close to 650 kids that Mm -hmm. are under my responsibility, I guess you could say. Um, And um, so to know all of them isn't really feasible, particularly in in one year, but to take every opportunity that you can. So, I know like going into this job a lot of people warned you like oh but there's so much discipline it's really going to weigh you down. Discipline was probably my favorite part because that's when I get to be with kids. That's when I get to build relationships and like you said work through mistakes we make and how we can move forward with with this and so taking those opportun- opportunities they were it was a chance to build relationships um and then just any small way throughout the day that you can pop in, make positive connections, um, and talk to people. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah I, I think to, to that point, um, and it kind of depends on like, who's the administrator you're replacing. Um, cause obviously even there's four people in this room and I think we probably all have different strengths or like leadership styles that, that would identify it. Like that would, that would name us. But, um, my goal in that year one, right? Because everything that you come into is like, well, if they're frustrated from last year, that was not my. I wasn't. A, I wasn't a part of that, right? So I think you can even you can even gain energy in a building just by being a new person. Mm-hmm. And and the goal is to like I wanted to rack up as many wins as I could. You know, um, showing up, feeding the crew, like bringing energy to the building, popping in, having conversations. But even like even that. Um, being in the classroom as much as I can and, you know, um, being in the cafeteria, things where, you know, students need that additional support, building assistants need to see you so that, you know, they know kids, they should respect all adults, not just, you know, based on your level. But I think even even in being present and being there as much as you can and having those conversations, it, it can still catch teachers off guard because it's mm-hmm. like, well, why are you in my room? Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? And wait, you just wanted to talk shop? <laughs> or you left me a note that said you really liked the strategy and it was cool how you on the fly, you know, all those things it takes getting used to. But at the same time, like if you're going to, if you're going to set that as that's my goal is to, is to gain wins and build trust Well, then you. It can be really superficial if you do it for a couple of months and then you just stop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard part because you get into the school year and your your tasks, your emails, the committees you're on, whatever mm-hmm. the, the trainings that you're running it can bog you down, so it can be really easy to fall back into that. Um, I just got to knock this out, um, and there's there's seasons of that. But I think the biggest thing is you have to be dedicated to. I'm not sitting at my desk. I know that there's stuff waiting on me. I'm gonna go pop in. I haven't seen te- you know I haven't <laughs> seen fifth grade this week, um, but even just popping in to say hello, you know, following up, uh, it's really crazy. Like trying to track. Okay, uh, they have uh, their kids baseball player at a game. How do they do? How do they do? you know and or if kids if teachers bring kids in even now like it's it's back to school like popping in ask them if they're excited about their teacher because you should genuinely care about your staff because that's you want them to to feel welcomed and accepted at work and, and like anything else you have to work at relationships and it it's but it, it pays off so much um you know in the end
1: and so how Brian I I you know did a little background checking when if you heard group.
3: the good stuff is true. And then if you stuff that, that are like, wait a second, yeah. you can't,
1: I only stayed on page one of my <laughs> Google search. And I know that, uh, community building was a big part of your first year effort at school. Uh, the video you made at the end of the year, a summary of the year was very nice. Oh, thank you. Um, and so how do you feel that that went, you know, having that as a goal
3: and honestly, um, so there's this, there's a phrase I use with my staff. Uh, Nathan's heard it before, but it's uh, if all of us are ridiculous, none of us are ridiculous. Yeah, like explain um, that. Boy. I tell people that you know I work with five to eleven year olds, so like I, I cannot take myself too seriously. <laughs> um, and I'll be honest, like you can't like if you were in other buildings, and I had the pleasure of being an assistant in two different buildings, and had got to work with three different administrators. Like you, you learn along the way, and you it's the things that you see that you like take them to a new building if they fit, if they fit. Um, but at Concord, I knew that the, the culture was already strong, but just in talking with teachers over the summer, you know, opening up your door for interviews and like getting the staff survey feedback from, from my boss to try and wrap my head around What do we need here? I think some of the ideas to build that culture is like, okay, so we, we sing happy birthday to every student and every staff member. So every day after announcements, we call them down and it's, I, I made my own stump fiddle. If you don't know what that is, uh, research it. It's basically a stick with a bunch of percussion instruments attached to it. And it's hideous, but amazing at the same time. So like we have, um, in terms of like building culture and community, we sing happy birthday to everybody. Um, teachers will get their favorite snack or candy. Gosh, some of them, I should narrow it down to like, don't give me
0: that dark chocolate from like, my favorite, <laughs> <I can't. laughs> ice cream whenever they want ice cream for the, yeah, like, I don't know how to get so ice cream. Yeah. Um,
3: we have, um, we have dance parties every Friday in the front lounge and we turn the speaker on and we just, you know, if you want to stop and get, you know, bust a move, you can. I think in terms of other community pieces, like, you know, bringing back some of the student jobs that had, that had gone away for various reasons. Um, but I think the biggest thing, you know, we, we end our day every day with a a Facebook video. Um, it's called a one-on-one. So I just pick a kid and I talk to a student and we say, what was one thing you learned? And what was one thing that made you smile? And then a student like wraps up our day and it just says, you know, see you tomorrow, Concord. Mm-hmm. Um, oh,
2: I love that. I'm, I'm stealing this. See, that's but that was a good idea. I, I stole it's that from easy. Nathan. We it's did easy it easy and fast. We
3: did it this first year. Uh, and that's a great way too to like the assistant principal, she does them too, like to, to share that. And cause the goal is to, to see, um, both of us are the leaders of the school, not so much just me. Um, I think that's about it, uh, with wrapping it up, uh, teacher appreciation week. We did the teacher version and that was fun. Um, but just seeing, you know, how's that going to evolve? What's that going to look like next year? Whether it's a classroom takeover or, or I, I don't know, but I, I think the biggest thing is people need to know that I see them and they're they are actually the school. They you know students and teachers make up Concord. I just get to work there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I think that you guys had both kind of mentioned this. There's the the idea that you come in and it might be a little bit less as an assistant principal, but you come in and there's all of these things that maybe uh, teachers or staff or parents of the community might want. To see changed or adjusted or added, and you can't do them all, right? Too much change. So, how do you prioritize which things to start first, which things to tackle or accomplish first?
2: Um, I think you listen to your community. Um, what seems to be the most prevalent issue among the people that you're working with? Um, Beyond that, I'd say you got to prioritize the greatest impact you're going to have. You, The most bang for your buck on anything that you're going to do because there's, you're so limited in time with everything and you are pulled in so many directions. So I know working with uh, my admin team, um, those kind of what do we prioritize was how are we, what's going to have the greatest impact for kids um, and focusing around that.
0: I think, Brian, you had said something about, getting wins, right?
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's, there's, there's like levels of change and some is very It's, it's on, it's a surface level change and it's, it's easy because it doesn't, it doesn't push anyone out of their box. Cause you know, you hear, you hear the word change and you're like, well, wait, hold on. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit more about that. So I think, um, some of the heavy lifting, you really can't even start until your second year because you don't know teacher strengths. You don't know, you know, you got to understand like, the pockets of social groups and how they interact, how do, you know, th- just getting to know people. And I think, um, probably that the heaviest lift that we did last year is, is kind of shifting over that. Um, just, these are all of our kids, right? You talk about Hattie and, and some of those pieces, like these are all of our kids and let's start, you know, when you think about system changes, um, you know, PLC was one where it's like, you know what, we're going to have, we're going to have a set day. We're going to have an agenda with norms and we're all going to show up. And then whatever happens after that PLC is fine, and I didn't press very much other than kind of setting just some some baseline um, expectations, and PLCs grew tremendously in year one. Right, um, I couldn't even get to year two without taking that year mm-hmm. of where we kind of just needed to set the expect you know, set the tone for that that further work because teachers have to. I heard something and I, I really like it. Like I don't want somebody to buy in because it's really easy to opt out. Like you have to develop that understanding, and they have to see the benefits so they actually commit to the work. Because once you're committed, right? I, I think um, you're partnering with teachers and doing that work together, versus just saying, "Oh, this is what we're going to do because this is what we're going to do." Like that, you're going to go further together uh, if you just if you slow play it sometimes.
0: One of the things I know I did when I came into my first year that really made help me figure those things out was sitting down with every single teacher mm-hmm. and asked him a series of questions, really three questions. And one of them was, what do you love about the school? And what's one thing you would change right away? And what helped me with that is the the second question there was, you started to see themes arise Mm -hmm. and realize, okay, a lot of people are saying the same thing. We could get some momentum behind those things. Um, A lot of times those things were really easy they weren't incredibly heavy lifts, which was nice because then you could start to build that trust. Uh, cause I really believe, I think you build the trust through work, right? Mm-hmm. People aren't going to just trust you because you're the principal. You need to work with them and do those. Um, Patrick, I'm curious when you came into your, uh, principalship, what 30, 40 years ago, is that when you started? <laughs> well, how just did you, about. how <laughs> did you, what was your first year as far as did you prioritize some things?
1: I will say, you know, I've been at, at Rogers now for 10 years. Wow. This is my 10th year, and I came into this position. Rogers was a successful school, and the is, principal— is a successful school. <laughs> well, we shall see. But—no, I think it is. It's a great community. But I was replacing a, a principal that was well-loved in, the, in, the, in this school— I, I sometimes joke that if I could have the money for how many times I was told I have big shoes to fill, I probably could have retired at the end of the first year. So it go, I think some of it goes back to like what Brian was saying. Is like I had to know my context. Right. Like I had been around plenty of schools before where. The administrator comes in and automatically makes all of these changes and then day two they have to go back to what was already happening because what they wanted to do didn't work and so i just spent the entire year listening you know i did just want to build relationships with people because the person that i was replacing had been here seven years seven or eight years so they had developed really good relationships with him and so I wanted to take that opportunity to just get to know everyone both professionally and personally. Which, you know, kind of made me think as the both of you were talking, you know, you're you're given the job as a assistant principal, principal, and you have that celebratory conversation with your significant other that you've now gotten the job. Like what were the things then that went through your mind after you got that job? You know, Nathan asked about priorities of setting the priorities and doing that, but even going a step before that, you know, when you got this job as an administrator in the current position you have now, like what was going through your
3: minds when that happened? I'll go first on this one because this one, so um, it really, like I kind of fell into an assistant principal role. I think I only interviewed for like three or four jobs uh, and then became an AP, but then you know, you, you get a couple of years as an AP, and, and uh, I, I don't think Nathan would like mind me saying this, but, like, you don't, I don't know, as a principal, do you want an AP that always just wants to be an AP? Like, mm-hmm. what's, that, what's that goal? What do you want to chase? What are you still working on? And I did. I, I, w- I can remember being, um, I'll probably get my, my math's going to be a little off, but, like, applying for seven or eight principal jobs, and in those first seven or eight, I was a finalist four times. And it was just like, boy, I can get really close. And you, but then you, you have to. It was. I think it was to the point where I was. I was telling Nathan, like, I think I'm just good being your AP. Brian <laughs> was a roller coaster. It I was think, a day to day basis. Whether I think or not I'm just. Gonna... I think I'm just good being your AP. And then w- when this job came in, I didn't. I wasn't even looking for a job. I had uh, one of our one of our staff members. Her kids actually went to the school, and she says, "Hey, I just got an email that the principal's retiring. You would be a great fit. You should think about applying." And I applied. And then uh, I, I can remember though um through conversations with Nathan and like other mentors, like you get to a point where like I'm not gonna bend over back I, I think in those those jobs where I was runner up, if I if I would reflect, like I think I was trying to, to be what they wanted to be that would be the best fit. And that's not how it works. And I think I didn't know that. It's easy to say now that you have a job, you're a principal. But I think if you if anyone's listening, they hold on to that, like um understanding that you can I, I said things in the interview process that i think really made me feel like once i got the job like this is the perfect spot like i they asked me the question what what makes you um what makes you the right fit and i can and i said the reasons why i think i was the right fit for the position and then the follow up question is why should we think you're the right fit and i go oh, that's up to you but i know that for me to do my job the best I'm not going to be able to fit in any box. So I have to be the right person so I can do what I do. And then I I also I was a, it was a table of I think there were 7 individuals and every person staring at me was a doctor and I said, "I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm Mr. Meckle. I have 3 degrees, you know, cuz when you look back at like you find out who got the job, right? When you're always the runner up, it's like mm-hmm. aspiring doctor, you know, in a doctoral program." And not, no offense, right? Um but I just knew and I and I think it allowed some of my personality to come out with, with, with that statement It's like, I have three degrees. I have a wife who wants a second masters and I have four kids. So you do, you, you do the math. Right. Uh, and then my now boss is like, you're telling me, I, you know, and it, so it was just that some of those things and then being selected as, uh, the principal, they even came, it was real, it was weird. It was the third round. Um, and they actually came to the building that, you know, so they came to claim out where I was at. Mm. Um, but then, you know, you don't know what they were looking for in those moments, and then like six, six or seven months into the position, I was talking to to one of the my hi, you know, the, one of the guys who hired me, and he said one of the things that th- they saw in love was just kids running up to me, my interactions with staff members, you know, um, it, it all kind of fell into place as to what they were looking for. So I think uh, I can't even tell you what the, the question was, but but the idea of what I what I celebrated there it is what I celebrated with my wife was I was just so excited because I felt like all those pieces of like not fitting into a certain place. Like I hit the, I hit a home run and it was, it, and it was just patience and not giving up.
0: Well, and I think mm-hmm. when, when you are having those applying for those jobs and not getting them and then thinking, okay, well I'm done. I, I think our conversations were, that was not like you had to keep going. Cause I think once you decide that you want to be a building principal, um, there's no going back from that. And, and to the point, like, I didn't want you to be my assistant principal anymore. Once you made that decision, because I, and not because you weren't going to do a good job, because that's not what you want. I think part of our role as leaders is to see people that we are supporting and helping them get to their goals 100%. and helping them get to where they want to be. And I knew you saying, well, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. was, was, was more them saying no and not, and that, that the kind of the, the pain that goes with that mm-hmm. and not your, what your goal was. And so, um, I imagine you were pro- there was a, probably a lot of excitement when you oh, got that. Oh, for sure.
3: Yeah. And so to, to visualize it too, um, Nathan and I shared a wall and it had an adjoining door. So we, uh, we, <laughs> we could almost hear each other's minds thinking, but so he got a lot of my pretty much the raw, like you, when you get, you know, uh, it could be like, I just read the email, I got the phone call, and he's getting the initial reaction. So yeah, very much a human side, but then like, once, you, once you go through that, like, the, the, the feelings that go with that, because you get excited about, you start thinking about what that could look like, but then you have to think about, okay, like, you know, start processing through the questions, and how did you respond, and like, what, what are things that you could bring to the table? Because it very much is, um, you almost have to, it's like a second job when you're trying to, to make those changes, because you have to do your homework. You have to, mm-hmm. you're really trying to sell yourself.
0: And it sounds like that process, though, got you closer to understanding the type of principal you wanted to be 100%. and who you were and not try to pretend like you're something else. What you? When you got yeah. the, the position yeah. of moving from a teacher, <clears throat> yeah. uh, so this is your first year out of the teaching position, yes. um, what was your reaction?
2: So I had a pretty similar experience. I was a finalist six times before landing uh, this position at Oakville. Um, and they through all of that, people would tell you, like, it'll work out the way it should, which you can't stand hearing that in the moment, but it's so true in the end. Um, so I worked like, I think I had over 20 interviews, um, because as you know, they're all multiple interviews when you get to a finalist position. So, um, my first reaction was, total relief. Like, thank God that is over. It was, it was a lot of work. Um, But I, I learned so much about myself uh, through that process, answering umpteen questions and reflecting. And um, so that was my first reaction. Then it sets in that the weight of what you're taking on and you, I immediately, am I, am I worthy? You know, do I, people are going to expect me to know what I'm doing and do i know what i'm doing um so you had i had to go back and tell myself i'm here for a reason um i've had an incredible career thus far and i know these experiences have prepared me for here that doesn't mean i know what i'm i'm going to have every answer but i know that there's so much good in the experiences that i've had to prepare me for these next challenges And then I also promise myself, I've been an incredibly enthusiastic educator from day one, and I will never lose that enthusiasm. And so I, to every challenge, just bringing that passion and that enthusiasm, even if I'm second guessing myself sometimes or unsure, um, to bring that. And it's contagious for others. Um, It's genuine. And I didn't. I've had fun, I remember when we had our new admin meeting a couple of weeks ago and you said, have, I have fun every day. I didn't wanna lose that. So I, um, even through all the challenges, you know, making sure I bring that side to everything that I do, um, those were the two big things. And then I guess anytime I'm, it's easy to come back like, how was that received? Did I make the right decision? Like you can easily get in your head in this job. Um, and luckily there's so much going on that you don't have time to stay in that headspace. And I, you always got to turn it back to, it's not about me. It's about how I'm serving. It's about the service and to keep going back to, I am here to serve others. Um, so how I feel good or bad about every single individual encounter, whatever, that's not, it's not about me. It's about serving this community.
1: So as you reflect on your first year, how how do you feel it went?
2: I think good. I'm still here. Um, <laughs> they gave you a contract, right? There I, you go. Um, I, I always tell people I feel like things, for the most part, that I walked away from, I left them better than what was handed to me, I hope. I feel that way. Um, and I think my teachers, I, I wanted to build relationships and to support educators. And I think that I accomplished both of those. Um, the pace is insane. Um, Mm -hmm. at the high school level with, I have, I supervised 35 teachers and I have over 600 students under my wing. So the pace of that is absolutely crazy. So that was the biggest adjustment and you do get used to it, but, um, that surviving that and learning how to cope with that and, I'm excited to have a year where the pace doesn't like make my head spin anymore. I'm actually like, Oh, I'm, I'm ready to put out, you know, whack-a-mole fires all day. Like, I, I'm ready. I got this.
0: Well, <laughs> I don't want to, don't want to burst your bubble. <laughs> I'm not feeling that, uh, but it is. I, I think uh, year two, it, that the pace doesn't change. Oh, I know. Um, you just become more confident in your decisions and yeah. what you're doing uh, because you've had a year to do yeah. that. Um, Brian, what do you think about your, year, year two for, or year one for you?
3: Um, two things: one, uh, the building didn't burn down That's while I was there, which is good. And two, uh, I can't remember if it was a text or a phone call. I even said, "Well, <laughs> they're at least they're bringing me back for another year." <laughs> uh, so, but you do you want you like you, when I think about how I, how I do things, like I want to do a good job, and I want the you know my you know central office to know that that I view. Concord is is a great place, and and I want things to work well, and I think that puts a certain pressure uh, on myself to like, um, and the training goes in it, right? and The models that I've had, and the people that I've worked for, like it's it's a it's an endless job, but I, I think I feel lucky in the sense that I I don't always view the things that I do as work, like it's things that I get to do, and they're great, um, but like even. You know, thinking about questions that you guys might ask, like year one is totally different than year two, and I can I can sense that now just in like the months of June and July and the prep work because, um, as I mentioned before, like you, your first year is kind of like that new car smell, right? And mm-hmm. everything's everything's running good. Uh, you know, when when I got here, I was just talking about like my sixteen year old Jeep and all the things that I'm 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 working working on because it's you I've had it right, and I think that's you can relate that to you know year two and then in year three is like. Well, you have to continue that work. And, and like, you know, one of the things we rolled out was a big, you know, building-wide behavior expectations and, you know, common expectations. Like, um, that's kind of like fun, fluffy language and core values and, and like, good-looking posters on the wall. But, like, then you have to be real with yourself as, as, as year one. I'm like, well, how do you take that the next step? Like, well, what's the next step, right? How do we build in, you know – uh, assemblies. How do we make sure that the teachers are using those core values in the classroom? How are you making sure it's part of... It? So it's like, it's a snowball. And everything that you start, like, well, you have to continue and you have to keep growing it. Uh, and it's, I'm excited to do it, but like, you just can't... It just, it just doesn't just appear, right? right? So it's, it's committee work. And it's like, how do I pull in teacher voices? And like, you know, um, we do a, a survey at the end of the year and like all of our systems and things that I want that feedback. What works? What doesn't? What do you think... You know, how is it going? Because then then when you have that voice and that input, you know, making those changes and taking those things to heart kind of help you do that because you have to keep the commitment there. But, yeah, year two is like um, you got to work harder to make things happen because the the things get bigger. Well, I even remember with my year two – things would be happening or people
1: would ask a question. I would say something along the lines of, I was supposed to be working on that. <laughs> <don't know. laughs> oh, yeah. All of these yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. would start coming up. You know, that expression of ignorance is bliss was yeah. like so true as I came into year two of the job. Like, Oh my gosh, I should have been doing stuff with that last year. That's uh make a note
0: to uh, work on this moving <laughs> forward. Well, and I don't remember what you said, but when you, that year one, it's, the last guy's problem that you're now dealing with and it's not your fault, it's not your problem, it's not now it's my now fault. it's yours, now right? So fault. year two, it's your problem. It's you're the one that uh, needs to fix those things. So thinking about if year one is about building relationships and trust and that community piece of it, what is year two as you move into year two where um what is your goals in that of what are you again, at the end of the year when you're sitting there, how do you know year two is going to be a success if you've accomplished what?
2: Um like you were saying with PLCs we are um moving in that direction and I feel like last year was all prepping for what we're about to embark upon um and I think this summer and really all of last year um has been working on the system let's get the system the structures right so that we can start our teachers off on the right foot with this uh, process. We have um, common collaborative time built into the schedule now that we didn't have last year. So we've been working really hard on that. And it's, it's finally go time. We had a meeting yesterday where we are really like laying out um, the, the structures and the supports for teachers so that they have the time and, and the space to be able to do this well. And so I think This year is going to be more about like you really you can't change anything in your first year. You're you're learning too much. And so now we've been learning. And I don't. I don't think it's going to be weird at the end of this year to still like not be satisfied because we're not going to have like the final product yet. Like it's not enough time yet. And so hopefully moving towards that direction um, and still, you know, and seeing our growth uh, without that. Cause I know it's not gonna be perfect. So yeah, that's where we're at.
3: I, I think I, I can even remember at a, it was a staff meeting last year. Uh, and I, and I said, so I started off the school year with the, the theme is like, we're going on a journey together. So I found this old, um, beat up suitcase and I painted, you know, some graffiti art of Concord and it's all about the journey. And then like, you know, when you go on trips, like, you get stickers to represent the cities you go to. We had this big table of all these stickers that you can, you can put on. I'm maybe obsessed with stickers too much, but, but uh, kids like them too. But the point of that, like, and it's not a bad thing, but I think it answers this question. is like, I don't know. It's, it really is all about the journey. And it's ongoing processes and ongoing development. And, like, the, the, the push this year is going to be that idea of, like, untapped potential. Like, we are all really good at what we do. But that doesn't mean we're the best that we could be, and, and and understanding that that's not a bad thing, and like how do you partners with, with teachers like t- so they can see that, um, you know, new also new last year was my instructional coach, and, and she was somebody that I think really complements m- my lack of skills. that's, that's her skill set, right? With with some of that curriculum and and lesson design, and I think even even recognizing your where you might be weaker and like partnering with somebody that can that can fill those gaps is important, but like year two. Very much looks like um, you know if it's if it's June and I want, I'm thinking about how the year went. I want to know uh, did 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 we have a stronger buy-in or was our system the Concord way and like the community like we'll call it Kids Character Council did did, did that work did did some of the things that we put in place did was it successful? Um, uh, our PLCs you know is that common collaboration and like that collective efficacy is it is it stronger than it was? Mm-hmm. Um, one one of the first things i when you try to maybe push too fast uh, that happened with our with our blt right the building leadership team and you have to understand your districts of like how it's how it's structured i mean there's no there's no committee work so it's like well how do you pull in voices if there's no committee work and you had to find the workaround. so that was like well i'm going to restructure our building leadership team because um, that's stipend based and but like we're meeting two times a month instead of one cuz we can't right it's it's in the bylaws but two Part of that work is going to be, like, we're calling them, like, teacher focus groups. They're committees. But, like, how do we work on the kids' character council? What does buddy classrooms look like? What about school systems? Um, PLC leadership development. Like, all that. Like, I had to get ducks in a row for any of that to happen. So I think probably the end, the big pieces are, is the teacher voice and, like, creation of, 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 of the culture at Concord? Is it stronger? Are PLCs stronger? And is there that that commitment to, um, caring about all kids through core values and the, the building wide expectations is that stronger, it, not strongest, just are we moving in the right direction? Cause it's It's a continual process. So I love being a
1: principal. I love being an administrator. I love being a teacher. What do you do love about your job, your role?
2: Um, What I love about it is what, what I, why I went into it to, um, build relationships to, um, like I said, support teachers. I, I love being able to, um, I love being able to provide opportunities for my teachers to learn, to grow, to reflect, um, and, I, I guess that's – and then being able to um, to work with kids on things beyond, like, their traditional regular classroom setting. Like, w- what's the next year going to look like? What's your future going to look like? Um, having those conversations with kids, it's it, – and it's what I loved about teaching, too. Um, I just feel like I get to do more of it on a, a larger scale now.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And, Brian, you can't say – Working with me, uh, go ahead. What do you love about what I
3: missed most about my previous post was <laughs> getting to work with Nathan Birch? But what I love most about <laughs> this new position is that I don't have to work with Nathan. Sorry, were you setting, were you tough setting, tough setting me up? Yeah, setting so me up, tough nice. affair. Uh, I, I think, um, this is a difficult question because I don't know that I can pinpoint it. Like, I'd love, uh, just the my goal so I have a tattoo in my arm that says he must become greater I must become less and that the whole point about that is um if, if you ask me about my leadership style I would say it's a servant leadership style like um I can remember being at a trivia night with our parents and like you you know you're working the crowd you're selling 50 50s you're doing stuff but then like just pulling trash because the cans were overflowing uh and a dad like he came up to me said I just took a picture of you I want to I got to show my son that even the principal's like taking the trash out. Like when you're in a community and you want the work to be done, like it's all hands on deck. And it's, so I think probably what do I love most is that I, I have found that I have a building full of teachers who care, who building full of families who support the school and have your back. And the same thing with, with district leadership, like, Hey, I'm in a, I'm going to paint a bunch of murals around the building and I'm just going to do that and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to have a day." Like I I feel like I can I've been given the green light to to build a school and a community and bring energy and fun. So every day is different. Um I have a I have a great AP. I have a great office step. Like everyone works so well together and I think what do I what do I love is that I've been given the challenge to make sure that I don't blow that. <laughs> like that I keep that I keep that going and it's it's a constant like juggling act but like it's so fun to chase that down and to get to do the work with people
0: so the name of the podcast is what's the point so if i'm a first year about to start my first year or going into my second year what advice or what would you tell those those educators that are in that position um that based on your experiences and what you've learned
2: um realize that there's a whole lot you're not going to know and there's a whole lot you're going to have to learn and that doesn't mean you're inadequate that means you're human um and um take it and, and take it and run with it and have fun i mean you got to keep up with the crazy pace um and lean on every resource you possibly can. I have learned so much from my teachers this year. You know, I, I, I supervise social studies and math. I'm a social studies teacher by trade, by not math. So I leaned on my, my, on my math department big time and teachers want to support you. They want to help you. They want you to be effective. Um, lean on your admin team. I am, I know not everybody gets much of an admin team, um, but I work with incredible administrators and, um, we lean on each other all the time. So there, there's a whole lot. I think you go into a leadership role thinking like I'm standing alone on the top of a mountain and I have to have all the answers and know what I'm doing all the time. Um, you're, you're among a sea of supporters around you, and you've got to use that and, and harness that and include it in decisions that you make.
3: Do you think you could repeat the question
0: verbatim that you asked? Dan? Verbatim, word for word, essentially. What would, what advice would you give someone that's about to start their first year, um, in administration? Run, run, get, run. Out. get out! Don't do, no. Okay. Um, that's horrible advice. Is that
3: bad advice? Yes. Um. So my advice is to, if it's their first year, like, don't don't do too much, like just day by day, building relationships. Um. I, I hear a lot of administrators, and I I think I was guilty of, the, of this too. Like you go into that role, and it's, are they APs or principals? Because they're it different. Did. It uh, is different. <laughs> uh, I think in, in, for an AP is take the time to get to what is your role? What, what gaps do you fill? You know, what, what are the strengths of your boss? And then how can, you, how can you counteract that? And I think, you know, slow playing it to understand that you're, you're a very important piece to the cog. But like, where do you see yourself? And there's nothing wrong with, with grunt work and systems work and student discipline because in all those pieces you are strengthening like the tools in your tool tool set Mm -hmm. right um if you're a principal your first year is like congratulations now i would say to my kids when they're doing something don't embarrass your family and what do i mean by that is give your best try your hardest be a good teammate right listen to like all those little things like it's not really about the wins and losses or the outcome but like be reflective, try your hardest, and enjoy every day of that job because it, it's a great job, right? If you, th- I heard somebody talk about legacy this morning, and their de- definition of legacy is, you know, when you're all, when it's all said and done, your legacy is how many people were positively impacted by you. And I think when you think about that admin role, you you have a chance to to have build relationships with kids, all across the building, all across grade levels, your custodians, your food service, your you, you know, the facilities guys that come over, like those are all interactions where you can build relationships and let people know you care about them and they do a great job. So I think just seeing, seeing that, like you have that, you have that possibility is just to own that and just one day at a time, you know, be there for people.
1: Nathan, I remember we started one of the first questions on this podcast episode today was there were comments being made how, um, As administrators, we get to go into a lot of teachers' classrooms and we see all the great teaching happening. I tell you what, after having had the chance to interact with Dana and Brian, I'm just really inspired by the work that you do. It's amazing. You know, your school communities are wonderful places and a big part of that is because of the work that you are doing like i have so many things now that i want to do based upon what (laughs) the two of you are doing it was just uh, fabulous so i appreciate you for coming in and sharing your stories with us because there are so many wonderful things that you are doing as school leaders which is just awesome for your kids and for your families and for your school communities
2: Thank you for having. Us. Yeah, thank you guys for being Appreciate here, and, and
0: best of luck in year, too. Yeah,
2: thank everybody. you. Thank you.
0: So many great things, uh, Patrick, that I kind of take away from that episode. Um, I really appreciated their honesty and their feedback of what that first year. Uh, looks like. Uh, It it brought back on my things. I think I really, I don't know how you felt, I really enjoyed my first year as uh, a principal. I think um, the ability to kind of sit back and just focus on getting to know the people, the community, the kids, the staff, the parents, um, really was a a joyful thing for me. Uh, they also mentioned it. It's kind of nice that the the problems that exist aren't your problems. You didn't do them yet. So you just could kind of listen to them and kind of have ideas and, and pick things, those up. What what stood out to you? You know, I,
1: a, a, a number of things stood out. For one, I appreciate it. Just like you said, the honesty and then you could tell they're very reflective about their first year as an administrator. And I just really enjoyed the fact that one, it seems like Um, issues are universal you know it's not just located in one school but I really enjoyed hearing about being comfortable not knowing everything I feel that um, you know coming into a first year as an administrator principal assistant principal you want to prove yourself and it's okay to not know everything And so that was one of my big takeaways uh, listening to our guests today. What about you?
0: Well, I'm wondering, like you saying that gets me thinking, like I'm wondering if we would all be better leaders if we treated every year kind of like it was our first year, being more comfortable saying, I don't know, let me find out. Let's talk more about that. Tell me more about why this is, because you have to ask those questions your first year because you don't know, because you don't have the context. And I think as we start to fill in some of those gaps, we start to then make assumptions on things. Um, so I wonder, like you just saying, that makes me think that, like I wonder how much more effective we could be at leaders if, at some level, we treated every year as if it was our first year.
1: And I also wonder too if if we could be more effective as uh, if principals if those essentials, you know, we just kept things simple. Yeah. Right. You know, so often we come into each year wanting to do the next something else, right? Or in the, everything is always good, you know, but there's only so many hours in a day and people still have to teach kids. And, um, so finding out what are the, what is needed for that school community to be successful, but you can't land every plane at the same time.
0: Well, and I think hearing them talk, one of the things that, is, is interesting to me and as I reflect back on my first year and um, you know, I've been a principal in two different buildings so my first year in both buildings is um, and I don't think it should be this way but this reality of I, I feel like I had more clarity in my direction those first years and as farther I get into the building the harder it is for me to make sure I have that clarity of direction and intentional. And I think because more things come in and you, you understand there's more perspectives to it, but some of those we just put upon us and that, that complicates maybe some of the work. I think that
1: that's a wonderful insight, you know, um, And something that when I leave this podcast episode today... I thought you were saying... I thought you were
0: making an announcement that you were leaving the podcast after two episodes.
1: I'm sure that all of our subscribers would enjoy that. I do know one subscriber that would not enjoy me leaving is our good friend Masahiko Kitano listening to us all the way from Japan. A big fan of the show. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you, Masa. We would always love to have other people join the show. Please make sure to... Uh, subscribe, rate,
0: and review our What's the Point podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time.